0: Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Banquet Hall Podcast. Uh, video listeners, if y'all can't tell by the background and as well as the person on the screen, uh, we're talking Beena Bears today. New listeners to the Banquet Hall, first, welcome. Uh, the Banquet Hall is a podcast where we tell the stories of tomorrow today. You can follow the podcast on social media at Banquet Hall Pod. Uh, You can check out all the different uh, interviews that we had, all the different episodes on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can also go to the currently under construction, but active Mm -hmm. website, new website, TheFourthKyler.com to learn more about the Bank of Hall, learn more about our guests, Uh, but really excited for the conversation that we have going with us today. Uh, Sabrina, how are you doing today?
1: I'm great. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing swell.
0: Swell. I don't know if anyone's told me they've been doing swell in a while. Like God, we need to bring swell back.
1: It, it, it's a good word. It's like honestly, I don't know where the S comes from. Is it like super well? Like
0: swell? I was gonna say, is it like so well, super well? Oh, like so
1: well, super swell. I don't know.
0: We have to look up the origins of swell. Like that's that's our <laughs> homework, I guess. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but I feel like swell is just such a fun thing to say. Like it's like yeah, I'm doing swell. It's like a level above well yeah some, I feel like I'm, sometimes oh, I feel like when people say well I think that they're lying
1: <laughs> no yeah it's like it's like yeah I'm doing well it's like <laughs> an overwhelmingness i all put into the word well because they sometimes people don't know how to describe how they're doing so they're just like you no know, well or I'm doing when I say I'm doing that's how you know like damn She going
0: through
2: it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing. It's like, yeah, like there's not a word in the English dictionary that really describes all the shambles that I'm in. So, like, I'm I'm doing whatever doing is. I'm I'm just uh, doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. uh man. But today we're doing swell. Happy to have you on the podcast. This is a long time coming. Uh, You were probably one of the first people I thought of wanting to have on the podcast when the idea started, which actually started, we're recording this on October 29th. The idea for the Banquet Hall started October 28, 2022. We just celebrated our first birthday. Uh, By the time folks listen to this, I believe this will be the anniversary episode of the Banquet Hall, actually. So shout out to anniversary episode.
1: Oh, I feel honored. Happy birthday, Banquet Hall podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, what a fitting anniversary pod. Um, Really excited for y'all to learn more about Beena Bears, uh, have the display, the product placement of two Beena Bears as well as a Beena pillow, exclusive Beena pillow in the back. Um, And so, yeah, I'm just really excited to get to it. So why don't we go ahead and get started with the question that I love starting the podcast with. Sabrina, where are you from and how did that shape who you have become and who you are becoming?
2: Ooh,
1: I love it when you ask people this question. (laughs) because everyone's saying LA I'm about to say
0: (laughs) there's a little San Diego representation on the pod but it is heavily LA unintentionally but it is a little heavy LA
2: um
1: I do love LA though because that's where my dad grew up so I have my roots over there but um San Diego yes uh that is my home but um for a long time since last year and it's funny because when I listened to Andre's um podcast he said the same exact thing I'm just like Ugh, I love Andre um but it's really home is wherever I am like I make home wherever I go um and I discovered that when I went to the Philippines for the first time when I was an undergrad um and then when I was in the Peace Corps and traveled um all over Europe um And I just felt like wherever I go and I just, I'm able to attract like certain people and communities in my life and just, I'm able to experience life in a way that's, it's honestly a blessing. Like I, I truly am very thankful for God, um, that he's allowed me to have such experiences. So home is definitely, um, wherever I am, I'm home. So, yeah
0: literally and figuratively you are home um since my podcast has been so heavily Los Angeles let's get into San Diego lore a little bit what's something that you wish more people knew about San Diego or more people respected about San Diego i guess like cuz i just think every time people talk about like San Diego because there's so many people not from the city people always got something to say about San Diego. People complain about the food, the people, especially like black San Diego pages. You can't go two posts without somebody being like, man, why San Diego ain't got this? Why San Diego got, ain't got that? So what do you wish people knew more about San Diego?
1: Um, I feel like it's very family oriented. Um, I think out of all the cities I've been to, like San Diego is i think one of the best places to raise a family um from just like just like the activities the entertainment um like the weather the food and you could even just be in the comfort of your own home and just like be outside having a <laughs> picnic in your backyard and or having a barbecue it's like it's like, that is, like, I always tell people, like, I, I want to leave the country, I want to move. But if I were to ever raise a family, I would, I would come back to San Diego.
2: I feel that for sure.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, that's my answer. <clears throat> I, I feel, it though, you know, it'd be expensive up in here and, you know, there's not a lot of Black people here. Trust me, I live in Lakeside, so it's me and my brother for the black people here (laughs) i don't go outside that much (laughs) um and that's why you know eventually since i'm still young i i eventually want to move to la um but that's that's in the future you know we'll talk about that later um (laughs) but yeah family oriented san diego
0: yeah as soon as you said like it's a great place to raise a family i was like yeah yeah it is and i was like damn but that would be one expensive place to raise a family but like i want to i think my perfect place to raise a family is in the city of los angeles which literally i saw a post on ig i think yesterday it's like the second most expensive place to live in the united states and it's just like shout out to southern california just taxing us out of all of it (laughs) um yeah, but I definitely agree with the sentiments that you shared about San Diego, because I think if you've ever, because I think a lot of people haven't really experienced like the life of someone who really lives and like has been raised in San Diego, because if you've been to someone's house in San Diego and like been in their backyard, and like you said, just chilling in a backyard or just chilling on somebody's patio or something, it's like, dang, like this is kind of like a low vibe. We in San Diego It's palm trees, the weather's nice got some tacos i do like the food thing i I would never probably commit to san diego having great food but you know it, it, it it'll do i just my biggest gripe about san diego i can never find a burger just if i want a good burger i really gotta search for it tacos i can get any time of day but if i just want like a nice burger it's a mission
2: <laughs> yeah
1: that's that that's very true i agree i agree
0: so we talk about being in San Diego, you decided to stay in San Diego for college, which is where we first crossed paths at UC San Diego. Do you remember any part of like our first interactions or like when we first first cross paths?
2: I
1: literally try to think about it. I'm like, yo, I don't know. And I, I feel like because you were Marshall and you mm-hmm. lived on campus, right? Your first year. Mm hmm. I wonder if, like, there was a time where we, like, ate... Because I remember there was a time where I had a meal with Chelsea and uh, Cam Coop. But I don't know. I feel like you were there, but I just don't know. So, it probably, <laughs> it was probably, like, at the BRC or, you know, at a, a Black Student Union GBM Um But I I can't pinpoint like, yes, that was the day I met Kyler. (laughs) I
0: I feel that this is definitely one of those friendships where it feels like we just kind of spontaneously combusted into being friends. Like, I don't know when it specifically it happened either, but I think it had to have been some like combination of like a lot of shared spaces, whether it's Black Campus Ministries, uh, Black Student Union, the BRC. Um, I'm sure, like it could have even been like a high school conference, or go- I don't know if you were on that trip to the Black College Expo. We was black on a predominantly white campus. It w- it wasn't that hard to cross paths
2: <laughs> Yeah, <my> gosh, UCSD.
0: <laughs> Good old UC San Diego. Uh, but what made you want to choose to go to UCSD?
1: I didn't. It was my last option. I, gosh, I'll never forget when I was, you know, getting acceptance letters and stuff. I really wanted to go to UCLA, got put on the wait list. I was just like, for why? Um, (laughs) And then um, I applied to SDSU, UCSD, and uh, Point Loma Nazarene. Got accepted Mm -hmm. to SDSU, but was not going to go there. Um, Got accepted to Point Loma Nazarene. I was like, ooh, okay sure sure looked at that tuition price I was just like
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah U is taxing
1: yes so I was just like okay UCSD it is yay <laughs> um and you know it was it was you know the best decision looking back um especially because um not a lot of people know but that was my mom's alma mater so she graduated mm-hmm there with a psychology degree um but man that was that was a tough ride I was ready to I was looking at transferring to SDSU my first year (laughs) so yes UCSD if you hear this you were not my first choice but I thank you for the (laughs) degree and the debt I appreciate it
0: (laughs) such an honest answer uh I remember like early on in the podcast Uh, My dad was saying like, yeah, like I feel like every guest you have from UCSD said that it wasn't their first choice or they like fell into UCSD. And it's just so consistent because everybody's like, yeah, I wasn't really trying to go to UCSD or yeah, I didn't know about UCSD. But here we are. Um, But I didn't I actually didn't know that about your mom either. So that's cool that you are the child of a Triton as well. Um, Also happy that you did end up at UCSD, all things considered. Like it was all meant to be at the end of the day. Uh, I can't imagine if you would have went to like Point Loma or something like what what would that version of Sabrina be like
1: I probably would have dropped out sooner <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if there's a black community in Point Loma honestly
0: <laughs> uh, I've been to Point Loma's BSU meetings a couple of times because Kalia went to Point Loma <laughs> and so like I was like really close with a lot of the Point Loma people and it's let's just say the black community at Point Loma is very small. Um, it's different than UCSD, but I do, I did very much appreciate the camaraderie with a lot of their BSU people. Um, but yeah, that community is a lot different, a lot smaller. Um, so yeah, happy you went to UCSD, very happy we crossed paths. What did you study at UCSD?
1: Um, so I was jumping through a bunch of hoops. I got my degree in, um, public health um but i entered in as a neuroscience physiology major cuz i thought i was going to be um a doctor so i took like the bio classes the chem classes the chem lab class um and then like in the middle of it i was like okay this is not working so i switched to public health and it was still like kind of a new major um but I still, like, had the tug, like, oh, you should be a doctor. So I was looking at different things. I was just like, oh, maybe I could be um, a DO, a doctor in osteopathic medicine, or I could be a physician's assistant. But I still needed to take, like, the, the heavy science courses. So I tried to take organic chemistry. Um, and then I think at the end of my second year, I was just like, you know what, just get the degree. <laughs> get the degree we'll figure it out later you need to leave this school <laughs> um so yeah i got my degree in public health i thoroughly enjoyed um the classes i think i learned a lot about um the health system in america and in the world in general and how much i did not like it i don't like the system that was set up um for for black people in particular um and for other uh people of color and I just yeah I think after I graduated I was like you know what we need to we need to reconvene <laughs> we don't know if we want to get our um, master's in public health um because yeah I I found myself like butting heads with just a lot of a lot of things um but I enjoyed what I learned and
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, obviously UCSD is a lot more than just what you learn in the classroom, but I know a lot of students, a lot of people that we went to school with, that that major choice or those classes, it definitely was a journey. Like people come in as a human bio or engineering major, leave as another major. But I think that it's so powerful for us to be able to share those parts of our stories. I know there's some like UCSD students, current UCSD students who listen to this podcast. And whenever I talk a little bit about UCSD, I like when my guests share that honest, like overview of what that was like, because... I think a number of things that you mentioned are shared amongst a lot of people we went to school with, whether it was looking up how to transfer from UCSD our first quarter, or first year, not knowing what we want to major or not being satisfied with what we want to major in, switching majors. And like you said, just trying to get the degree, because even with something like cognitive science, like I had no idea what that was ahead of time at UCSD uh, ended up just randomly choosing it after a class that I took. Like it was less random than that, but more or less it equated to being like randomly choosing it really liked the classes, but towards the end of it, I was like, yeah, I don't know if this is the right choice or not, but like, here we are. Um, But let's talk a little bit about some of the stuff outside of the classroom. We mentioned like a little bit of things that you were involved with, like BSU, like Black Campus Ministries. What would you say about like your overall UCSD experience and what you're taking with you from your time at UCSD and the people that you cross paths with?
1: Ooh, (laughs) I, that community at UCSD, the Black community, like really like looking back and just sitting with the memories of, you know, being in leadership in BSU, bought Campus Ministries, I really, like, got to know who I was and, like, who I wanted to become. And I got to, like, practice it in real time. Um, I think, you know, being under leadership when, when uh, Jazzy was chair of BSU was the most like life-changing thing ever. She was also my ATC in Summerbridge. Um, I love that woman so much, Um, but she, I mean, she like
2: <clears throat>
1: exposed, she, what did she do? <laughs> <laughs> she gave an example of like true leadership of an organization. Um not only to like her board, but the general body and to like the other leaders on campus. Um, She was, she led by example. Um, And yeah, I learned so much from her. And then from Anna from BCM, Mm -hmm. um, understanding like my own spirituality, my relationship with God, when I was when I was struggling with that, especially all the all the stuff that was going on while we were at UCSD in mm-hmm. the United States with the Black Lives Matter, um, and the continuous, you know, shootings that were going on. And I just it was it was a lot. It was a lot to be a student at UCSD during that time. And to just be amongst people that were just that we're just trying to get through their classes while also like feeling a tug, like, oh my gosh, like we need to be fighting for something bigger. Like forget what we're learning in freaking I don't know what classes, is this writing course that I'm writing about trees. Like I just, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> like that's like, yes, we, you know, we need to like do what we got to do, but also we need to like look at the bigger picture and come together mm-hmm. as a community. Um, and educate ourselves like what is going on Um, and yeah so a lot I took a lot from from being in those communities and I grew a lot in my in my leadership um, and understanding like what I truly enjoy doing Um,
2: yeah yeah
0: yeah absolutely and I think that BCM Black Campus Ministries I think that was definitely a very needed space at that time in our lives at UCSD, too. And I remember, like, when I first had, like, started going to BCM, I think it was, like, a position in my life where I was, like, just not necessarily fully lost, but, like, a lot at UCSD was just so unfamiliar. But when I heard that there was, like, a Bible study, I'm like, okay, even if I wasn't, like, frequently going to Bible study growing up, this is something familiar to me. And then like I went to like some of the university meetings. Then I found out about Black Campus Ministries and got involved with that group. And I definitely agree that Anna it was such a powerful, is such a powerful leader and powerful person in that space. Um also BCM and University came through with the iconic Black Lives Matter shirts that I feel like everybody at UCSD was wanting. Like I remember when those came out on the blog, we was like, Oh, like where y'all get where y'all get them from? Cause I feel like that was back when people wasn't really rocking a lot of Black Lives Matter gear but I will always be thankful for that space being able to become more than just just a bible study but really a place for like black identifying folks to have ministry but also like talk about like how we're doing with all the that's going on in the world for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> black campus ministries. Um you mentioned a little bit as you were talking about like your introduction and home for you and you talked about like going to the philippines where's some other places that you traveled and like got to experience whether in college or post-college before we get to your experience in europe with the peace corps
1: uh yeah so i when i go to philippines that was like my first international trip entering into my third year in college um in college throughout that time it was like a big uh, time for me to really understand like my roots. So I was involved in, you know, BSU. I was involved in um, the Filipino or- organization, KP Kaibigang Filipino. And um, I wasn't able to get into Mecha, <laughs> um, but that was just my choosing and just my capacity. Um, but I, you know, I tried to go to uh, each of those three because I identify with being Black, Mexican, Filipino um and yeah because growing up i didn't you know we just there was no like cultural connection like i didn't grow up having you know traditions coming from each culture so that was like my time to really really understand me my roots um and like where like my ancestors are from and being multi-ethnic, it's it's a very i I mean, we're all multi-ethnic, um, but I think it it comes with challenges. And sometimes me, I'll say I statements. I feel like I have to like pick and choose like what identity I am, like, oh, like, because, you know, the world sees me as a black woman, I'm just a black woman mm. uh, or, you know, and sometimes I felt like, because I don't have, like, I can't speak fluent Spanish. I can't speak Tagalog. Um, I, uh, sometimes I don't feel like that that connection sometimes. And, and it's hard because then you have like this identity crisis. Like, okay, freak mm-hmm. well, am I? <laughs> um, so also like my purpose of being involved in all those communities was to really get to know me and learn from other people and like like the cultures i identify with and like listening to their stories of their home and i, I learned so much so um andrea she was in um thing what are they called she was in like our group at, in summer bridge what is it called your sweet thank you <laughs> sweet <laughs> she was in my sweet in summer bridge so we became really uh, good friends throughout college And we were just sitting in one of, like, the computer rooms that was near, um, near Library Walk, Mm -hmm. and she was just talking about the Philippines, and I told her, I was just like, let's go. She was like, you would come? And I'm like, yes, let's go. I want to go. So we ended up planning, buying our tickets, and I went with her, her sister, her mom, back to where she grew up in the Philippines, and... I was just like, oh, my gosh, that was like the catalyst of like um, a lot of things. Um, My love of just leaving this country (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) and um, just really understanding life outside of like this San Diego bubble. Um, So, yeah, that was the traveling in college after college. Um, Yes, went to Moldova went to uh, Cyprus, uh, Spain, um, Italy, Bologna, Italy, yeah, and of course, my favorite, got to go there twice, Paris, France, uh, (laughs) I knew that was coming, (laughs) yes, Um, and I went to the Philippines again, and yeah, yeah, I, planning to go to many more places um but more with intentionality rather than Mm. just rather than just for play um Mm. yeah but that that's like in the future so
0: (laughs) yeah I love how you shared a lot about your multi-ethnic identities because I know that when I was still like young at UCSD and like just really trying to understand more about the diaspora of blackness. I remember thinking like, why are there like so many black people going to KP? Like the issues over here. Um, but like learning more about like why people are involved and like, oh yeah, like there's like such a diaspora of blackness. Um, we've had a couple of the black folks that have been a part of KP on the podcast, had Cameron, have you trying to get your homie Crystal to get on a podcast. So, Crystal, when you listen to this, bring your ass on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, but I think those community spaces are just so important. The leaders that we encounter, the people that we encounter, that you never know if you're just like having a conversation with a summer risk suite, end up in the Philippines, uh, being a part of like the Black Student Union, having these life changing experiences with such great leadership. Like, definitely want to bury the lead a little bit, but definitely want to uh, affirm what you said about Jazzy and folks who haven't listened to Jazzy's episode on the podcast, definitely give that a listen. Because I feel like when I look back at my time at UCSD and I think of predominantly thinking of like the Black women leaders that were in my life and I was surrounded by, you have your Stacias, your Portia's, Jazzy, Fanon, uh, Brilan, Alexis, like all these different Black women who really exemplified like what true leadership is. And when we were on board for BSU, like... I think that was the moment when I understood what it meant like you would go through a brick wall for somebody because Jazzy had us like ready. Like we was all like in sync. Like we was like, nah, like if we saving the black students, we saving the black students. Let's get this done. And I really appreciate that time of life because like you said, it was a very transformative experience and I definitely learned a lot about myself as a leader through like being involved with some of those community spaces like BSU, uh going to different GDMs of like KP or METCHA or going to ASA celebration, Africa event. Like, I feel like that's why I appreciate having this kind of UCSD corner on the podcast, because I want the students, the current students at UCSD listeners to know that like your college experience can be so much more than just going to class and just getting out, like get involved in something, be a part of something, join a board, check something out that you don't know about because man when I look back at those four years at UCSD we maximized it
1: max <laughs> <We> <laughs> max like we created bonds that will literally last a lifetime um and even if like we don't talk on the day-to-day now like whenever we we meet like in person just like I don't know
2: how's it going I miss you I
1: love you um because we just all collectively like created something for each other on that campus um to help us like move through we were each other's retention um yeah it was truly they call it trauma bonding I don't know <laughs> but we <laughs> we were tight we were all tight i so blessed that we were able to create um a group like that i think it's dynamic and um yeah and yes to all of the um black woman leaders that you were mentioning yes to all of them they were phenomenal and um i look up to each and every one of them yeah well, when we see, when you look at UCSD in that light, it's just like, I don't
0: know, what a yeah. good time. <laughs> when, you, when you start thinking a little bit more, I think like, especially like now it's like, ah, like you start looking at like some of the like deep threads of it and it's like, ugh. But when you really look at some of those moments, there truly are some of the fondest memories that I have of life. And mm-hmm. I think that when trauma bonding, the phrase trauma bonding came out on the streets, I was like, oh, that's what that's what that was. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's, it's crazy what some additional vocab words do to you. It's like, oh, so we wasn't supposed to be like that deeply bonding over the most traumatic stuff we've experienced in our lives. Like, I thought those nights was kind of cool. <laughs> uh, good old UC San Diego. Uh, but we've we've alluded to it a little bit Uh, after UCSD. You decided to go to a place that I had never heard of in my entire life. I remember when I first found out that you were leaving us behind in America for the Peace Corps, and you said where you were going, I immediately went to Google Maps. I was like, where is Sabrina? (laughs) So why don't you talk to our listeners a little bit about the Peace Corps, why you were interested in doing it, what led you to pursue it, and then we'll kind of get into the details of what that experience was like.
1: Yes. Um, Let's see. So as we were approaching like fourth year, I knew I didn't want to go to grad school. Um, But with my degree, there was it was slim pickings with jobs, Um, because they all wanted you to have a master's in public health. So I was like trying to seek out like, okay, what? what the heck am I going to do? <laughs> um, and I actually, when I was taking this class, I think it was during the summertime, it was like an HIV and AIDS um, class that I want to, I want to say it was a public health class, like it was in the public health sector, but I was learning some wild stuff. I was like, oh my gosh, this is difficult. <laughs> um, but the professor actually brought um, folks to share their testimonies of um, folks that were living with HIV uh, and AIDS, and um, and she also brought in a returned Peace Corps volunteer, and that was like the first time I really like listened to someone and their testimony of like what they were going, what they were doing in the Peace Corps. And he was, um, I think he volunteered. I don't know where he, I can't remember where he vol- volunteered, but it was at a clinic dealing with like HIV um uh patients and stuff <laughs> so then I got to like thinking and doing all the research and stuff and then I don't know if Andre remembers this but we actually had lunch together at Subway he got his chicken noodle soup and a soda on
0: the side or just a chicken noodle soup <laughs>
1: <laughs> chicken noodle soup <laughs> um <laughs> and yeah we were eating lunch together we were just talking about like what we're thinking about doing like you know approaching graduation um and then i was describing what i wanted to do and he was just like you know that kind of sounds like the peace corps and then i was like okay i'm gonna take that as confirmation (laughs) like okay let me really really get um you know let me really like try to plan this out i didn't tell my parents until I basically was in the midst of the application. Mm-hmm. Um mom was not feeling it. Dad was just like, what? And he he, he just just lets me do like he he knows. Like he's like, oh, okay, she's doing something. Who knows what? Mm-hmm. Um but yeah it was really it was really scary for my mom in particular because she didn't know anything about the Peace Corps um <clears throat> or where it was gonna go. She was worried about me missing Ronnie's graduation and like what if somebody dies what if all the what ifs and I just couldn't hear it I was like this is already scary enough I just need to do it at this point right so I applied I knew I wanted to um I wanted to have hands-on practice in like health anything health related so I applied to the health sector of Peace Corps um and I wanted to go to Ecuador so you got to choose like where you wanted to go it's like oh ecuador perfect i can learn spanish i've always wanted to like um you know get better in my spanish and stuff like that um so i applied so in the application um after i graduated and i was also a caregiver at the time just to make some cash my gosh um that caregiving is that's a whole i can write a book about caregiving <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that's what i did after i graduated from ucsd to the Peace Corps. Um and then I waited and then I got accepted and they said I was gonna go to Moldova. I was like, where the (laughs) what?
2: They're like what?
1: Moldova. So then I I looked up what that country was and I I told I you know I told God I was just like you know what? If you wanted me here, you got me here. It doesn't matter where doesn't matter where I go I this is I know this is something that you want me to do so I'm just going to do it okay you want me in Moldova cool so I accepted it um and then I told everybody so I'm gone for two years I'm going to Moldova and I'm going to be teaching health education to students so bye Um, and it was the best decision I have ever made in my entire life. Um, yeah. Yeah. I hope I answered your question.
2: I, no, absolutely.
0: I mean, oh, yeah, it was like, what was like, how'd you end up at a Peace Corps, essentially? And you talked about, that was a beautiful story that introduces the why. Um, was What was the most, I would say, yeah, what was the most interesting part about being in Moldova like what was something that was either shocking or something that was like very impactful for you outside of what was the impetus for being a bear?s
1: yeah um man I just learned so much about their culture um and just about humans in general like I was put into a home that where they didn't speak a lick of English they were you know they they live differently than I do you know we we live different lives and to communicate and try to really understand each other it was like I mean I already had you know some sense of like empathy and understanding like I'm pretty easygoing person but I really had to challenge myself and let go a lot of um American like thinking that I didn't realize I had Mm -hmm. like American culture and I I honestly I tried to just assimilate to theirs um because I was just like first of all get get rid of your your um elitism and entitlement Mm -hmm. um because i feel like just living here we all have that no matter how Absolutely. good of a person you are and i didn't realize that until i went to moldova um and i really had to check myself a lot of times when i would like find myself frustrated when like things didn't go a certain way or um <clears throat> like they were just they just did stuff like differently um and there was like no right and wrong way to do anything and that's how i wanted to um have my service like i wanted to be the volunteer that didn't put american ideas into their heads i wanted them to see like their own see their own culture but also like use the resources that they already have um and you know demystifying the myths surrounding health um so yeah that was that was what i i learned a lot about moldova and it's it's Oh they're just such a beautiful culture and so family oriented and um they take pride in in their crops and their food and um and yeah they're just so I I miss I miss a lot of them um but yeah that was that is like the big takeaway from like Moldova um yes Peace Corps, um, the big takeaway was I won't ever do Peace Corps again because I think the idea is there, but the execution um, could be a lot better. And I say that because it is an organization that's run by, you know, Americans. And we tend to, you know, go to these countries and like try to fix things and do things like our way when it's like no you need to meet like the people where they're at and say how can I serve you like what do you need from us um and that that was like the big takeaway I got from like being within Peace Corps as an organization like understanding that I am not here to to teach them like I don't know, like, like a new way of, like, being, um, yeah, if that makes any sense.
0: No, absolutely, I think that makes a whole lot of sense, um, and if I'm not mistaken, you were in Moldova when the pandemic started, right?
1: Yes, that, my (laughs) gosh, I just got stories on stories, (laughs) um, yeah, so I, during 2020, I was planning on coming back that year in, like, June, July, Um, but that's when the pandemic was, like, becoming at an all-time high. I think,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I think I started hearing about it, like, my mom started talking about it in, like, February, Mm -hmm. Um, and there was, there was so much going on, Uh, so much going on from, like, kobe passing away Mm
2: -hmm. my
1: best friend telling me that she was diagnosed with cancer and then um i was actually in cyprus at the time um when like it covid was just like every it was it was like a within a week span i feel like it was just going everywhere and i was starting to see stories of freaking americans taking toilet paper from costco and just doing all it's a dumb shit I'm just like and I was so happy I was just like I'm so glad I'm over here because y'all looking real stupid right now <laughs> real stupid um but when I came back to the city Chisinau in Moldova after coming from Cyprus they were like okay you got to stay quarantined mm. and we were like oh okay and they said okay you're not gonna go to school this week um you're just gonna stay quarantined and then we'll take you back to your village in like a couple days. Um, so yeah, we were in the city for like, I think two days. and then we all went back to our our sites. um and then I went back to my site on Thursday, and then there was rumors that we were all gonna go home. And I thought like, you know, Peace Corps folks were just joking around. Friday. <laughs> can't remember where if this is all in March. Friday, they were like, all right, pack your bags you're going to be leading in two days. And I just, it was, it was too much. It was absolutely too much because in the Peace Corps, you're supposed to go through a close of service process where, you know, you meet up with your cohort and um, Moldova professional staff, and they tell you like how to transition back in the States because it's hard. It's hard yeah. wanting to find a job. It's hard to acclimate back to you know the life that you know you used to live um there's just a lot of things that go into transitioning back to um being in america we didn't get any of that they're like pack your bags pack two years worth of your stuff we gotta go and then i was just like oh my gosh so i had to call my teacher partners i had to call the principal at the school i freaking went to my host mom i was crying she's like it's okay this is all in Romanian. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is okay. <laughs> um, you know, you got to be safe and healthy. And I'm just an emotional wreck packing my stuff within two days, and I I was just crying for that whole week. Um, and we didn't even leave that country until <clears throat> I think the following Thursday, because there, there was just a whole bunch of like. They were trying to communicate with the embassy, some airports were shut down and it felt like they were toying like with us like they weren't doing anything to get a ship back to the States. Um, And finally, I was like, okay, I, I didn't really, you know, take it all that well It was a lot of wine drinking and just it was, it was a time because my mom was scared. Um, We didn't know if I was coming back home. I didn't know if I was coming back home or if I I would have to stay there during the pandemic. Um, But I finally got home, went to Iceland, and then went to D.C., and then flew back to San Diego. And then I saw my dad, and I just started crying.
2: (laughs) It
1: was so... It was a lot. And then when I got here, I had to quarantine. Yeah. Because just didn't know i freaking went to two different uh places in the world um and we just didn't know what was going on and i i just had to sit with that i'm like okay i'm no longer a peace corps volunteer i have no job i don't know what i'm gonna do with my life um cool and we got pandemic stuff So, so i was cool being isolated because i was already isolated yeah although but it was just like figuring out like I uh now I have to reflect on my Peace Corps experience I don't (laughs) there's so much um and I I don't think I did too I did reflecting but I needed to be busy so
2: Yeah. yeah I
1: worked and did a whole bunch of other stuff but yeah
0: wow just wow. Like there's been a few guests that had like some very unique 2020 experiences. Um, Like I think Aaliyah was at semester SC when 2020 started or when the pandemic started. And every time I'm just like, wow, like I just, what a time we were in at that point in 2020. And obviously we're still in parts of those times, but just thinking through like what you said about like the toilet paper crisis and the isolating people just having no idea What's going on? Like, and I was just really like laughing at you talk about how stupid America was because this is the period. This is the because there's different phases of the pandemic. Pre, like this part of the pandemic, this was when people was like, oh, like we should drink hand sanitizer, and like people just people was doing a lot. <laughs> so
1: much. I'm just like, bro, what am I coming back to?
0: <laughs> man,
1: <laughs>
0: man, but. <laughs> Yeah, what what a time! And I I know you have plenty of Moldova experiences and stories that impacted you. Um, just wow! I'm I'm just happy that everything worked out. You had a transformative experience, and you were able to make like a lot of change there and impact a lot of people. Uh, so thank you for sharing parts of that experience with our listeners. Uh, but I want to go ahead and transition to kind of the main course of our conversation we have it around your neck i have it in the background beena bears let's let's start at the beginning what was the reason why you chose to start beena bears what was the inspiration for it what is your why what's the beena bears origin story
2: oh my my, my, my.
1: um the origin story it could be looking back it could be dated beginning in high school when um uh, my grandma passed away um and that was like the first time I watched her you know go through the process of like dying um and taking her last breath and that was like that was wild like no one growing up nobody talked nobody talks about it in general nobody talks about like the physical like aspect of like a human being taking their last breath and like what happens to your eyes, the sunken ears, the skin um, and just, just everything. And I was like, oh my gosh, um, wow. And after that, during high school, I volunteered um, for hospice care. Um, and I was a volunteer and I uh, volunteered at hospice homes where folks would go um, and take their loved ones who are like near, near death. Um, and, and yeah, I would help families, you know, uh, sit with them and hear their stories about their loved ones. I would sit with, um, the patients, whether they were alert or not, um, and just be for them and comfort them because even if they're not alert, I know, that um it's it's a scary process for like the person that is dying to be going through that by themselves um so it's always nice to have like someone there with them um knowing that they'll be okay um in their next transition but yeah through all of that I learned how to make um memory bears and uh it's it's a big thing like i know not a lot of people know about memory bears but um a lot of a lot of folks um usually older folks be be sewing them i'm usually the young one that's on the sewing machine but they just take um clothes that belong to their loved ones and create them into um a everlasting keepsake and i really found joy in creating um those bears it was my senior project for high school and then after that, I, you know, went to college and then I want to say my junior year, senior year, I was gifted a sewing machine for my mom. Very emotional because I knew that I didn't know it at the time that like, ah oh, bean Bears the business was going to be a thing. But I knew in my spirit, like the sewing machine like means so much Um, because this is something that I can use to create things that bring people joy. Um. So, yeah, I had a lot of time to think, of course, being the Peace Corps. Um, I dove into a lot of videos of um, like, yeah, just just a lot of videos, learning about different things to do and make impact in the world. And entrepreneurship uh, came into my life Um, and I had to understand what that word even means because nobody in my family was a business owner. Entrepreneurship wasn't talked about. It wasn't a topic of topic of discussion um but but yeah so that was already it was already stewing in my mind and then my mom was the one she was just like you know I got the message from God saying <laughs> bean a bears like you you need to have like a business that you where you create bears and you know it's I see it being called bean bears so I was like okay that's nice <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't the first time she said I was just like oh, okay because I was still in that mindset like mm, I probably just need to get a job like mm-hmm. you know um but she said to this day she was like I don't know what that's what God told me so I just told you um and then when I came back after the pandemic I was still trying to figure out like I, I don't know what to do um and then she said it again. She was like, you need, why don't you just do being Bears? Just try it out. I'm like, okay, here we go. Let's, let's do it. So I ended up reading a book by Gary V called crushing it. And he was just talk about entrepreneurship and social media and how you can uh, use these tools to uh, maximize your business. And, um, to really make impact on the world and how you can use these tools in a, an effective way and he was the first i think entrepreneur that i uh truly looked up to and learned a lot from he popped up on my algorithm in moldova and it makes sense cuz he you know grew up in the soviet mm-hmm. union <laughs> area um it's just like wow the the connection um but yeah, so that is how Being a Bears came to play. I told myself, you need to finish that book before you even start doing anything else. Um, so I finished the book, created my own website, um, did a lot of just learning on my own, um, trying things out. And I launched it in November 19th, 2020. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was an ode to all the people that have passed away in my life um and yeah although it was a very healing process I as the years went on I like dove into it very deeply to the point where I wasn't even like thinking about Mm -hmm. (laughs) all of my problems and all of my like healing that I needed to do I kind of used that as like oh this is my healing like this is you know I'm helping others so it's helping me and no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um yes it did that yes it did help others but um I didn't I didn't prioritize myself first and that's what led to my break um but yeah that was like the holistic uh story of being a bears and kind of coming into the relaunch and yeah
0: and so you mentioned the break that you took what you talked a little bit about like kind of that burnout and just like not really making space for yourself that kind of led to the break. Um, What do you feel were some of the important things that you learned about yourself during the break or that were impactful for you during the break or just meaningful in general? And I know that you have like a series of IG posts on the Vina Bears page that talk a little bit about some of the things you learned from the break, but perhaps you could share a little like tidbits for our listeners.
2: Sure.
1: Um, <clears throat> So, yes. Taking a break and me taking a break usually is just like, all right, a week break. Just not going to do anything cool. Um, but this time I really was like, you need to be intentional with this break. You are not going to touch that sewing machine. You are not going to write down any business ideas. You're not <laughs> like you, you just need to really figure out like what is going on inside of you. Um. So I ended up reading both of Michelle Obama's books, Becoming and The Light We Carry, because I feel like those books, um, one, I love that woman. <laughs> Two, I feel like I was in a season of becoming and I really needed to get clear on, okay, who is it that I want? to become and what is it going to take for me to get there like what work do I need to do to get there um and so I did a lot of like very intentional like um intentional reflections but also intentional like breaks where I just didn't do anything I didn't think about anything um I was just being and if I wanted to do something, I would do it. And I wouldn't feel guilty of not doing this other productive thing. Like I was just focused on, you know, going to work, eating, getting exercise, you know, reading my books when I could sleeping. Oh my gosh. Sleep. <laughs> yes. Um, we are not, we are not hyping up the four hours of sleep, the three hours. no. We need we need eight hours, Sabrina. because um, I would push myself during the business. Um, mm-hmm. I would push myself uh, and I would be working a full-time job, but before I would like wake up like at six or five in the morning to do this bean a bear order.
2: Right.
1: And I would get off of work, um, you know, drive in traffic all day, eat a little bit, and then go back to work on bean a bears and then I also had this other part-time job. So I was, I was doing too much. Um, and I was giving a lot of myself to different entities. Um, so, so yeah, that was, that was a part of it. And another part of it was I needed more clarity on where I wanted the business to go. Um, because throughout that time, I was avoiding, um, like my purpose um when it came to being a barrier. And my purpose is to, you know, speak about death um in a way that is, you know, transformative in how we experience life. Um, because death and life, it's it's one of the same. Death is a part of life. Um, and it was really hard for me to really understand like that's what god was pushing you to do like no you need to speak about it more you need to be okay with receiving these stories and okay with the emotion that you get when folks tell their story about their loved ones you need to heal from your own um the people that you know have passed away in your life um and the hurt and the pain that caused you and and it was, it was tough to really, to really sit with that because I didn't realize like I was trying to avoid it. I was trying to, you know, mm-hmm. oh do happy bears, you know, like, you know, Mother's Day and graduation and all that stuff. And I was trying to avoid like really like advertising for um bears for loved ones um that have passed away to celebrate uh, loved ones that have passed away. Um so this break gave me clarity of like you need to be talking about this because that this is part of your story it's been part of your story since you were younger um since you know you were a caregiver volunteering for hospice care like and that was hard like I don't I don't wake up every day and I'm (laughs) time to talk about death everyone like I don't I don't like enjoy it it's not like and I feel like a lot of times people get confused with like passion and purpose because not the, not all the time they're not going to be one and the same your purpose is going to lead you to a place that's very uncomfortable sometimes it could be embarrassing um and and I feel like a lot of people sometimes don't understand the two um because my passion is, you know, creating um, and just loving people. Um, but my true purpose is to, you know, be a light in places that seem a little dark and and musty. Um, and, and that's hard. Because sometimes I, you know, I don't want to talk about that stuff. And um, there are a lot of times where, you know... After I would submit an order, you know, I'd get phone calls from, from customers or people would just be emotional, um, around me. And although it's like, it's a beautiful experience it, to, to have, have that all the time. It's like, I'm not just, you know, creating these products like, all right, let's just hop onto Amazon, create these products. Cool. They buy them. It's like, it's a very emotional, emotionally taxing thing. And I needed to get stronger, um, in that sense and really like understand you know this is this is my purpose and um really sit with um with like the people that I love who are no longer here and be like okay what y'all are not here anymore and what is that like teaching me um but yeah that was in a, in a sense that was the the nine month break and that was probably the longest break I've I've um, ever really taken for myself in terms of like, like work ethic stuff.
0: I know I think that one thank you for just sharing about just all the things that you were reflecting on during that break I think that that's very impactful for folks to be able to hear because like you said sometimes we glorify the oh I only slept two hours because I was grinding like get your bread up get your LLC all that um but we need to also give space to validate and affirm the need for us to rest and take care of ourselves, getting that eight hours of sleep, stretching, getting exercise, getting some sunlight, drinking water. Uh, Like one of the most important things I always remind people of if they're, if they're, if I have a friend that's like stressed out, first thing I say, Oh, when's the last time you had some water? Because I think that those are some little things that when you take that first sip of water after having, haven't had a lot of water in a while, like you realize, like, oh yeah, like my body needs this. And I think that as creatives, as creators, as artists, when we get to these places where we're really in our zone, sometimes we can like check out of that self-care aspect. But that self-care is so important because the business isn't gonna last if you don't. Like that's just the reality of the situation.
1: Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and also yeah, breaks. Help with the, like your own sustainability um it's like that's nice that you're going real hard but eventually you're gonna run out of gas so how do we like make ourselves more sustainable um not even just for the business but like for you for your loved ones like you as a person a human being um because you affect You're like you affect like all the people around you even like the people you meet at the grocery store like and that's why like when I be driving to the car and people like be cussing me out or giving me the middle finger not that I'm a bad, bad driver people are just a little upset <laughs> but I just I, I really feel for them because it's just like wow like I hope you're doing okay <laughs> I really hope you're doing okay because it's not that, that serious Um, especially if I'm already going 80 miles an hour on the freeway and you're just trying to go like an 85 or or 90 like I I hope you're doing okay like for real but um, yeah just like we that energy like we literally are all connected it is absolutely wild how we just don't all see that Um, Uh. and yeah that's what I'm trying to you know, trying to live out, speak out, connection.
0: Hey, you're doing a, you're doing a great job about it, and I think that our listeners and the being a bear supporters who are jumping into this episode for the first time, they're going to really appreciate just hearing about your story. And I think that all of that ties into your business model overall, because I think that well, one to kind of set up what I'm about to say, uh, you had messaged me a few months back when. You had made your commitment to being a guest on the podcast. And you mentioned that you wanted to talk about, I think it was an IG post you sent me, but it was talking mm-hmm. about we have a culture terrified of death and fearing aging. And I think one of the things that I really appreciate about being a Bears and your brand is the storytelling aspect of it. Even when you're like really getting started, like your emphasis is really on sharing people's stories at your core. Like you're having people purchase bears and then you will share the bear that was completed, share the story behind it, share your interaction with that person, share why this bear is important to that person, uh, why the process of it was important to you. And I think that's so beautiful to see because if you follow Bina Bears on Instagram at beena.bear underscore, which we'll get into a little later, um, but you're seeing so many different stories of humans like it's humanity at its core and whether it's friends that i have that i've gotten bean a bears, like i know uh, melanie purchased several bears from you like just being able to see people have their story represented in a way that's very important and like i i sincerely read those captions when you post it because it's like what is this person's story what is the meaning behind this bear because yes they're quote unquote, just bears, but there's so much meaning behind the clothes that we wear. There's so much meaning behind the clothes that our loved ones wear. And so I just think it's really beautiful that you're able to create these memory bears for people. Um, Yeah, I don't even think there's a question there, but just affirming that brand and the storytelling because it's really intentional and I think your intentionality really shows.
2: Thank you, I appreciate that.
0: (laughs) Of course um where do i want to go next with beena bears let's transition to talk a little bit about these guys behind me the beena bears the beena pillow that i have um so i think this might have been like probably within the first few months when you launched beena bears i think i got these back in 2020 uh do you remember creating these back i know you remember but what what do you, what do you remember about creating these in the back <laughs> <laughs>
1: um yes honestly shout out to you uh for honestly being one of the uh many like a one like being a bear being a bear buds that's what I like
2: to call y'all. <laughs> um I,
1: yeah it's like you you and paulo um and um Crystal for sure. And you know every everyone else yeah. supports, but I feel like the three of you truly um it's yeah just thank you to to everything that you have done. Um so the bears were definitely part of the the beginnings of um, when I launched Beena Bears. And I feel like, I don't know if yours, your bears were the first where I had like t-shirts of like a whole picture. I think, mm-hmm. I think so. I think yours was the first. And then I was like, ah, shit, <laughs> because the bear pattern Um, that I have it the belly is like the seam so Mm -hmm. it would have like cut off like those images and I was just like I'm not about to do that to Kyler Mm where these are some Mm -hmm. iconic um, shirts that I feel like have so much um, so much of his story like embedded in them Mm -hmm. Uh, so I was like trying to figure out okay like I know I'm this Kyler's shirts are not going to be the only shirts that I'm going to get with like these huge logos on them so let me try to figure out like how to um make a belly out of them um so I had to like draw draw like the outline of like the two belly pieces Mm -hmm. um and and yeah I was just like okay they're they're working they're working um and then I was like you know what I feel like the the black lives matter one needs like a cape cuz mm-hmm. one <laughs> kyler um yeah i just yes <laughs> um cuz i feel like to you well one you and your superheroes i feel like you're a big nerd in that sense um yeah. But I feel like you are like the hero in your own story too. So I wanted to, you know, capture that in the bear. Um and it was it was really fun to make. I was really creative and just like playing around, like, ooh, like what different things can we do? And you gave me some really tough clothes to work with. I'm just like, all right.
0: Unintentionally. I wasn't trying to challenge you. I just was like, hey, these no. are the clothes I got. Yes
1: um so the same with the Lakers like you gave me a jacket I'm just like I don't know like and that was the first time um like I tried to like hand do like a huge jacket because I I wanted to keep all the all of like the locos and the Mm I love
2: the foot
1: (laughs) oh thank you thank you (laughs) um yeah because you know some memory bears they like Chop it all up and make it into some, but I a big part of like the bears that I create, I want to still capture like the essence of the clothing that you're giving to me. So, if you're gonna give me a dress, I'm gonna try to like make a mini dress out of it. If you're gonna give me a jacket, I'm gonna try to make a jacket out of it. Um, because we forget like if I just freaking cut up all the clothes, like, oh, this is nice. I can't remember if it was a shirt, pants, <laughs> a jacket, um, but yeah, and I think it's unique to um, just what we wear as humans, like, yeah, and then the pillow, of course, I was like, all right, it's Kyle's birthday, let's <laughs> let's bring it, let's bring him a pillow. Um, and I've only ever like made a couple pillows for for people, um. But I feel like jerseys are hard to make bears out of, so I was like, "Let me, let me make a, let me make a pillow for him." Um, and that one, that one was definitely fun. I enjoyed um, mixing the jersey with the, uh, purple, uh, oh, the purple,
0: purple velvet. Yeah, yeah purple. Um, well, I saw, so like, oh, this is fire. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I I love a good good texture in fabric. So, yeah. They were very fun to make. I think um I had a lot of they I had a lot of fun. And just knowing you as like a friend, I was like, oh, I'm making something for my friend and I'm taking so much time. I think that's like one of the many things I enjoy um about creating these. Like sometimes I'm not able to, you know, go out and hang out with a bunch of folks, but I will like try to take time to create something for you. And that's like how I how I share my love and like the pa- capacities sometimes at the time. And I have to show you that I love you. It's like, I'll, I'll spend six to 10 hours creating something for you um, because you mean a lot to me. And um, I, I see you in your story and yeah. So.
0: Well, I, I love all three of them. Um, I remember you gave me the pillow after a long day of birthday festivities. And so I was like, Oh, like you know, I'm all emotional and whatnot receiving the pillow. And what I love about the pillow is the Jersey that uh, the D'Angelo Russell Jersey I gave me. That's one of the Lakers Christmas jerseys and probably my favorite, one of my favorite Jersey designs ever. But if I'm not mistaken, I think that either. I think, I, I think somebody put it in the dryer when I usually hang dry my jerseys. And then like the lettering started coming off. So I was like, Oh, the Jersey's ruined. I can never wear the Jersey again. So I just didn't know what to do with it. Cause like the letters was falling off and I didn't, feel confident in my ability to fix it. And so I was like, yeah, like let's see what Bean Bears can do with a jersey. And you impressed me. So love the pillow. I uh, love the bears. And I highly encourage our listeners, if you want a memory bear or any other bean bear products, highly encourage y'all to check that out. We'll get into where they can find and how they can order in a bit. Um but I wanted to ask one more specific bean bears question first before we get into that. And that is amongst all the things that you learned during your break, amongst all the different things that go into being a bears, what has being a bears taught you about yourself?
2: <clears throat> um,
1: I think. Being embarrassed has taught me that how much of, like, a powerful creator I am um, of, like, my own life. Yeah. It, like, this business has empowered me to really see how I can create, how creative I can get with, like, building my own life. Um Yeah. And that I feel like is like the greatest gift
2: <laughs> I,
1: I could ever receive to be able to, to be able to visually see like something that doesn't exist, um, in this world and just creating it, whether that be a bear or just like where I want to go in life. Um, and it's empowered me to do so. And yeah, I'm not stopping until, you know, I get there. So, woo!
0: <laughs> I love that. And if I'm someone who's listening to this episode, I'm convinced I need a bean a bear. How and where do I get me a bean bear?
1: Okay. well, the official relaunch of the Bean a Bear website is November nineteenth. So mark your calendar. Um there's gonna be a little little holiday gift in if you will, <laughs> when you order in the month of November. Um if you yeah, if you order in the month of November, you'll receive a little holiday gift from me to you. And you can order a bear on my website, ww.beanabears.com. Um, me and a student, uh student friend of mine, we are creating a website that is still intimate, but also streamlined. So it's gonna be easy to, you know, you'll a questionnaire is going to pop up. You'll be able to input like what you're looking for. Um, also, you'll still have the opportunity to share your story and get um, a gifted discount. Um, so kind of streamlining it all on the website. You can message me on Instagram, but on the website is where you order. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely. com. Go ahead and head over. Uh, and holiday season is right around the corner. Like, I think Beena Bears, and this isn't even, like, paid advertising, like Sabrina told me to say this, but I think Beena Bears is a great Christmas gift. Like, if you unwrap a Beena Bear or get one for yourself, people can give Christmas or holiday gifts for themselves if you don't celebrate Christmas. Uh, but check out the website. Check out all that Beena Bears has to offer. Uh, follow on IG, which... Is at beena.bear underscore and just learn more about the story, learn more about the stories of the many people who have purchased beena bears. Uh, because like I said, one of the, or I said this pre-recording, but one of the things that really got me into wanting to create the banquet hall was this idea of sharing stories and just connecting us as humanity, and I definitely think that the stories that you share is all a part of that, like there's a lot going on in our world all the time, and especially right now, and I think that if you can put some humanity into your life in whatever way possible, it just makes things so much better.
1: Mm-hmm. Couldn't have said it any better, kind of. <laughs>
0: So let's transition a little bit out of Beena Bears Corner and talk a little bit about you as a blossoming entrepreneur, as a growing professional. Um, You've had an opportunity since starting Beena Bears to really further your professional development by attending conferences and different seminars and workshops to really improve just overall as a business person. Uh, are there any particular conferences or experiences that were overly meaningful for your professional development or things that you've taken away from some of these professional development opportunities?
1: Yeah, um, I feel like the three that I've been to, um, they're all named different things, but kind of run by the same people. Um, But I think the most meaningful one um, was probably the, the Fit in Faith conference um and it was you know the grow your business for god's sake uh conference and it's the business world is like another beast um there's a lot of different um things that i don't necessarily agree with in how things are run as a business um and to really put God at the center of my business is something that I I strive to do not necessarily like to tell people about God and kind of do this weird missionary stuff but to really like center myself so that whatever I put out there um it's nothing but like good things that bring you know joy um and healing to people and um yeah I feel like that conference was really, really impactful because I know as I continue to, um, pursue entrepreneurship and being in these business circles, I need to stay true to, um, my center and my core. Um, and I don't want to be, I don't want to like be swayed by, by money and stuff like that. I want money. Don't, don't get me wrong.
2: Money is what I want.
1: (laughs) But um, I think because I think money is is a tool, is a very powerful tool um, that is in the hands of many that don't use it for good. Um, And I think money's exposure to exposes people for who they truly are. So um, if I could build a business and build businesses um, that exposes like God's light and love. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's expose. Let the money expose.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh professional development is an ongoing thing and I think that the more that we're able to put ourselves in these spaces where we're learning more about business principles but also more about who we want to be as business people, as entrepreneurs, as creatives. I think it's so important. And uh, Jada and I on episode of Free Game Fridays, we were talking a little bit about the importance of conferences and like how you can get some of those professional development opportunities. So I highly encourage our listeners to do similar things, follow similar pathways, engage with your craft outside of what you're currently doing, just seeing how going to something, whether it's a one hour Zoom meeting or a week long conference can really enhance uh, what you're putting out there. And so uh, just to kind of take us towards the tail end of the podcast, I mentioned before we started recording that I wanted to experiment with a new segment of the banquet hall. So putting you on the spot for the one-year anniversary episode, <laughs> don't be afraid. Um, okay. <laughs> it's just what I'm calling it is the fourth place. And so uh, for some background context of why I got to the fourth place, one, obviously I'm the fourth Kyler, Kyler Nathan the fourth. Uh, so I wanted to have something to do with the four in here. But at during my MBA program, we talked about the concept of the third place. This is something I believe Jade and I even talked about on a podcast or one of these podcasts, we talked about it. But there's it's this idea that there has to be this humans have a need for this third place uh, somewhere between home and then work in school or whatever you're like professional or education opportunity is you need a third place to also be able to convene and find community uh starbucks has this as like part of their business model to where they're giving people a place to go between home and work or home and school to do business to find community coffee shops are a great third place open mics is a physical third place for me and i also see the bank hall podcast as kind of like a virtual third place where people can come here for community uh while they're at home or while they're at school but just some type of third place So this segment, the fourth place, I'm going to start asking, potentially if it works, I'm going to start asking listeners to think of what is a fourth place in your life where you find peace and serenity. So if home is where you're resting, work or school is where you're getting your professionalism done, you have your third social place that you're going to. But what is that fourth place? If you could give us an idea of where Sabrina is most at peace, most at tranquility, uh, somewhere where you find yourself just, yeah, feeling like the most peaceful version of yourself whether that's out somewhere in somewhere but what what do you think of when you think of like a fourth place for you if that makes sense
1: um you know it used to be me in nature by myself but now as like i continue to get older um it's me with one other person that I love and just being present with them in conversation in the location um, with no phones. I think like those moments, like whether it be like in my home, on a walk, um, eating in a car, those are like, those moments give me peace and um like wow I'm like with this other human being we're here together and I love them so much um and yeah I still have peace you know when I'm with my with myself in nature but I think that's like my the peace another peace peace
0: <laughs> <laughs> no I think I think that's a perfect answer Um, I was going to guess that was your answer too um, really? but
2: no. <laughs> you,
0: yeah just because thinking through like who you are as a person um, your love for nature your love for adventure too like listeners might not know but it don't take much to get Sabrina on a hike to wherever it can it could be any type of unstable rocks or restricted <laughs> access <laughs> Sabrina gonna go on a hike for sure. <laughs> uh, but when I was coming up with this question to ask, I was thinking through like, what we do as kind of our hangouts. And over the last few years, we've always prioritized linking up to catch up chat with associated with some type of nature, some type of physical activity. So we've gone around walks around Lake Murray, Uh, More recently, we were just sitting at like La Jolla Cove, literally by the ocean, just talking about life. And those are the moments that I look back very fondly and will always remember because it's like, yeah, we don't really have that much of an agenda. We're going to meet at La Jolla Cove, walk. We might end up at the base of a cliff looking at crabs and looking at people in the water. Like, who knows? Um, But we have (laughs) such great conversations. Uh, great catch-ups and literally just talking about whatever's on our mind sometimes it's business related sometimes it's dating sometimes it's personal life uh, but that's definitely one of my fourth places too where it's like yeah just being in nature or just being unplugged with someone else to where it's like just yeah. us like tapping in with each other getting to see how we're really doing having space to do and talk about whatever and just really exist and give <laughs> each other like undivided full attention so yeah definitely love a good nature walk yes and then uh one more thing that i wanted to touch on before we get to the kind of the quick hitter questions at the end of the podcast or i guess this is tech one of the quick hitter questions i'm going to say a word and i want to get your reaction your feedback your experiences with the next word i'm going to say and that word is beyonce <laughs>
2: Woo!
1: That woman, listen, <clears throat> I am real good with budgeting, investing. People know me and, and my money <laughs> about my money. But when it comes to Beyonce, all budgeting things lost, gone, out. All the tactics that yeah. She is she's Beyonce.
0: Full stop period how many times did you see renaissance
1: uh three
0: and and you saw it in different. houston you saw it in toronto right and, and where else
1: on her birthday
0: just a time of your life huh <laughs> oh my
1: god i was just like we're gonna take this bein a bear break all the way we're gonna go all the way <laughs>
0: Hey, but life is about these moments. So I'm happy that you are able to invest in that side of you. Like, I mean, your Beyonce is my Lakers. Like, I'm gonna go to a Laker game. I'm gonna have me the time of my life and just have those experiences. Like, yes, it costs X hundred amount of dollars to go. But when you're there, when you're with people you care about, like, you're like, Oh, I would have spent 30 times as much if I had it to be here and have these moments. Like, yeah. I just got back from Denver watching opening night with the Lakers. They lost and I still had the time of my life. Like, it's just, like, these moments that you're investing in yourself and really taking time out of capitalism, time out of life to, like, not, like, this is something I care about. These are people yeah. I care about. This is something I'm passionate about. Like, let's live life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was a beautiful experience that I got to share with, like, different people and we'll literally talk about for the rest of our lives. And I can't be more thankful um yeah the human experience man (laughs) man (laughs) what what
0: an experience yeah Uh, but let's let's get into the tail end of the podcast I think I know a couple of the people you might mention but who are some people who inspire you and or influence you okay And don't feel pressured to have to name everyone like people going to get mad at you, like just some of the people, because I feel like people get caught up in like, oh, I can't leave this person. I can't leave this person out. Who are some people who inspire you and influence you? A non exhaustive list.
1: Okay, I think I'm going to I'm just going to do like three. One younger than me, older than me. And then um, someone who I don't even know, but like they're they're like celebrities, you know, inspirational people. Um, one, my brother, two, I feel like, you know, jazzy, jazzy, uh, and then three. i oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to say probably Gary V. I was gonna say mm-hmm. Jay, um, <clears throat> only because I, I really, like thoroughly enjoy listening about like his like business um mm-hmm. business mind but i'll just i'll just stick with with gary v um because he is the he is the type of business um mm-hmm. businessman that with like a really good genuine heart and he truly yeah. cares about like the people um that he's influencing Um, and he's also a kid at heart, which I, I thoroughly enjoy. A lot of his businesses are just like, I'm just, I'm just having fun, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just having fun. So, yeah.
0: What about some words of advice for someone who might be struggling to fit self-care into their passions, into their creative aspirations? What, What advice would you give them?
2: Ooh, um,
1: I'm going to go with, with what I read, and um, it, it was either "Becoming" or "The Light We Carry." And Michelle Obama specifically said, "You cannot do everything at once. You cannot. Not one person that you see, not Beyonce, not Michelle Obama, not Obama himself, not any of your favorite celebrities, human being." you cannot as a human being do everything at once so focus really focus on like your inner self like listen to your body listen to your breath um and like try to figure out like what is going on with you and like what areas you need to cut back what's draining you um and then you know figure it out from there like plan accordingly um yeah you are important and if the if the machine is not okay. it's not going i don't know what kind of gas you're going to try to use to, <laughs> to to try to fuel it but um yeah it may need some
2: maintenance so okay. yeah love that
0: um let's go to we've talked about a little bit but where can people find you how can people support you and being bears and when you talk about support i would like you to give a way they can support you that requires money but as well as ways that may not require money
2: sure
1: um you can find me on ig at bina.bear underscore uh my website www.binabears.com um, you could also just pull up Google and type in Beena Bears um, all over the page. You might get a random, where is Beena Bear? I'm trying to, honestly, I would love to do a collab with him <laughs> and write a book, but that's future reference. Um, yeah, I'm on Facebook, uh, TikTok I have, um, it's also just Beena Bears, LinkedIn, Sabrina Evans, um, I'll be eventually, um you know, going and posting more on those social media platforms. But like I said, I only I'm understanding what capacity I can give um and just focusing on that. Support honestly just engage. Engage with the content. Um I know what I write is long. Um and I try to figure out, you know, I try to do the Instagram or the algorithm thing and like not try to write long and do keywords and make sure it's this amount of time. And it's just like, I, I won't be able to capture, you know, what's meant to be captured. So, um, I do spend a lot of time like reflecting and thinking everything that I write out. Um, and it's, and it's for purpose and intention. Um, it's not to just, um, it's not just to put stuff out there. I'm not trying to <laughs> yeah. So yeah, engage with the content and yeah, keep following um the bean bear journey because it's about to get real wild.
2: Next <laughs> by glasses ten, push. 10 years.
0: <laughs> well I'm excited as it starts to get wild um <laughs> that uh, people have this episode to learn more about your journey who you are as a person and just yeah being prepared for the relaunch of Bean a bear's can't wait to do another episode with you on the bank hall in 2033 when we're talking about how Bean a bear's has taken over the world and <laughs> we could go to Bean a bear land instead of disneyland <laughs> i'm gonna manifest that for you yeah um, yeah, but I, I definitely I wanted to make sure that I said that I feel you on the whole like trying to do the algorithm caption thing. I'm just like, yeah, but now I feel like I'm not sticking to what my business is and who I am as a creative. And I think for me, what I've really been trying to be more intentional about is me as a creative my brand and identity as a creative is more important than going viral and getting like a bunch of people to follow because I want the community of the banquet hall just as I know you want the community of Beena Bears to really feel like a true authentic experience and it's like yeah Beena Bears isn't selling out to get more clicks on this this is the story in its long form some people are going to read all of it. some people are going to scroll past it but it's there regardless
1: yeah yeah the blueprint is there so if you ever try to question me oh go ahead and look at that post <laughs> the caption i done said it <clears throat> don't take it out of context
0: <laughs> absolutely which is why like the this podcast is how it is it's like yeah i know we live in a society with the attention span to only watch like three seconds of a tiktok but for the people who truly care and are invested in people like you could sit and listen to an hour and a half of somebody like talking about their story uh just because if Kanye had a long interview where he was like, oh, this is a tell-all interview. Everybody's tuning into that interview for an hour and a half, two hours. Why don't we also do that for the people in our lives? So yeah, just sticking to your brand is so essential. And I love that. Being a Bear is very passionate about that. Uh, last few questions. Then, want to get to a very special uh, part of the podcast to close us out. Uh, one would be, uh, what are any shameless plugs you have? Any shout outs, any manifestations? We already talked about uh you coming up on the Bean of bears uh but as well as the relaunch coming november 19th anything else our listeners should be aware of or anything you want to manifest while we're on the podcast
1: um if you don't already follow my other account s at sme is me underscore um i'm planning on doing a little project next year
0: manifest project
1: um (laughs) Yeah, everything that I've written in my journals, these next several years are about to be the execution of that, um, and I'm fearful. It it's scary as hell. I'm about to be doing stuff that I'm like, oh my gosh, God, what do you have me? <laughs> what are you doing? Um, but yeah, follow that. It it is all for it's everything that I'm doing is for it's for the people, um, and yeah. San Diego um, may not be my home anymore, so I'm manifesting that as well, um, but yeah, just, just stay tuned. I don't like to, you know, have all my business out there. No,
2: I, of course. <laughs>
1: I like to just hit him with the, oh, I'm leaving for two years to, <laughs> to go to Moldova, <laughs> so um, but I'm not, not going that far this time, but yeah, just stay tuned for, for that, <laughs>
0: yeah. I love it. And you can tell that you're a Beyonce fan because you, you love a good random drop out of nowhere. Like, well, this is what Sabrina's doing.
1: Yes, I I truly do. Yeah, I definitely respect her for her drops because she gets me every time. My gosh.
0: <laughs> every time. We love a, we love a surprise job. Uh, what about recommendations for our listeners in the form of either books, podcasts, movies, or songs, but recommendations for people, whether it's just something you're like, everybody needs to check this out, or something that if we engage in this piece of content, we've learn something about you. So any recommendations of either books, podcasts, movies, and or songs?
2: Oh, that's so, oh, uh, there's so many.
0: You can just pick one. You don't have to do a bunch
1: um honestly I feel like maybe the season that we're in or a lot of people are in is like understanding like oh what self-care and all that stuff looks like um I think Jay Shetty Jay Shetty's podcast or even his books do a really good job of um kind of breaking down like how much work it takes to like reflect and understand your purpose and um like what what that requires um of you and the ways in which you can open your eyes to receive um those messages out in the world um yeah i think his yeah we're just gonna go with jay shetty
2: jay shetty love it
0: Jay Shetty and then last formal question of the episode uh what are some takeaways from this episode both for our listeners as well as what are you taking away from this episode
1: um I think this episode truly unplugging when you're having one-on-one time with someone um like, my gosh, that is so important. I can't tell you how many times. <laughs> um, yeah, unplugging when you're with another human being. Like, you could be on your, it's okay to be on your phone. Um, but if you're with that person, just just be intentional. Be intentional. Unplug. Um, I guess that's both for this podcast and um and for myself um and yeah also I learned that I um it did get easier this is just talking about my story so thank you for um reassuring because I was definitely scared my gosh um I don't really like yeah I'm not a big I like sharing stories but um I like writing. I like speaking. So yeah, appreciate mm-hmm. you for getting me out of my comfort zone. Woo. Shout out to the banquet Hall podcast, everyone.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. You mentioned two hours ago that you were nervous and here we are two hours later. My uh, watch such a
2: two f- hours.
0: The I'm full so episode wasn't two hours. No, don't be oh. sorry. This <laughs> is, this is a good thing that it's two hours. The episode itself isn't two hours because we had a lot of like catching up and getting tea made and whatnot before the podcast started but overall like no matter how long this episode is it was fantastic uh covered a lot i feel like we really got an all-encompassing picture of who you are obviously there's more to you than we discussed but i think that we gave people a nice jump off point to where they learn about you learn about being a bear's and just all of the thought all of the inspiration the intentionality behind what you do um, before I close this out, wanted to remind our listeners make sure y'all follow the Banko Hall on social media at Banko Hall Pod. Uh, if you want to learn more about the podcast and check out who's been on the podcast prior, you can head over to my website, which is currently under development, but the Banko Hall tab is live. slash bhp as in banquet Hall Podcast. Uh, you can check out the podcast on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your wherever you get your podcast. Uh, y'all tapped in with Sabrina, but definitely tap in with other folks. There's a lot of interesting people with great stories on this podcast. Sabrina's also a listener of the Bank Hall, so she knows that there's a lot of great stories out there. Um, make sure y'all leave us a five-star rating. This is five-star content. You need the five-star rating to go on top of that. Make sure you check out Um, But before we officially close out, I had this on the run of show, and I want to make sure we had left some time for it. I wanted to... One, dedicate this episode to a shared friend of ours, uh, Kai Penn, who is your best friend, passed away uh, back in 2020, uh, also a very close friend of mine. Uh, I've mentioned Kai a lot on this podcast, someone who I know uh, means a lot to you, obviously, as someone you grew up with and are best friends with. Uh, I think I've learned over the last few years just how much she meant to me and means to me to this day. Um, So definitely wanted to dedicate this episode to Kai. And something that I did on a couple of episodes that I want to do on this episode was close us out with a poem, but also uh, giving you space to say anything you want to say. Uh, but first, I wanted to start with a poem that I started full bloom with, which is dedicated to Kai also. Uh, so if the listeners don't mind to join me for this real quick, wanted to read this poem called Oxygen. From the moment we are born, something innately tells us to hurry up. We either immediately cry or someone we don't know tries to get us to so that we can breathe. No one teaches us that to breathe is to live until long before we have decided to breathe anyway. There isn't an instruction manual that tells you step by step how to live. It took me 20 plus years to learn what it meant to breathe. The first time I ever made sure my body was alive, I was already in college. The person who taught me was a stranger. I didn't know her middle name. If she had one, I still don't. What I did know is that there was a higher power in her. She opened a doorway to let me step into myself for the first time, to recognize that life is just life and it is a pointless one if the vessel I carry through it wears down. She taught me that to love is to nurture and that if you don't love yourself, how dare you try to love your other. She taught me that yoga is not just stretching and that stretching is not just stretching. She stretched the layers of my brain and they snapped back to a new reality. And then she taught me how to breathe and what to breathe means and how breathing takes place in many more places than we keep track of. Most importantly, she taught me the value of friendship and the value of valuing people's value. She taught me how much I valued her influence, her spirit. And with her last breath, she breathed her essence into the universe, always reminding me how to breathe. Thank you, Kai. When you learn how to breathe for the first time, make sure to remember that to breathe is to live, to live is to grow, to grow is to reflect, to reflect is to be present, to be present is a gift and gifts are forever. So just wanted to take the time to dedicate this to Kai. Um, yeah, I love Kai. I know you love Kai a lot too. So just wanted to make sure that having you on the podcast that we had space to truly honor her and just what she meant for being a bear is what she means for both of us. Um, any last words you would like to say for this dedication?
1: Um, That was a beautiful poem. Thank you. If I say anymore, I'll start crying, so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Tears are good. Uh, Feelings are good. Uh, Just couldn't exit this podcast without sharing those words. So thank you for allowing me to share those words. Uh, Thank you for being on the episode. Listeners, thank you all for tapping in with us. And we'll catch you on the next episode of the Banquet Hall podcast.